homes today are like little cities full of different interneting boroughs, like the entertainment district in the living room or the virtual fitness center in the garage. And Xfinity Internet keeps it all running smoothly with reliable speed to power all your devices at once. You get coverage around town from the financial district home office to the spa. Xfinity Internet keeps your little city humming with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Find great offers and value today from Xfinity. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY to learn more. Restrictions apply. Chief Kima, we are here. Welcome to our very first episode of Chief Brawl, brought to you by the Brawl Network. I am your co-host, James. Alongside me is, he is a writer at Arrowhead Attic and with the first pick, Tra- Travis Stefan. How's it going, Travis? It's going pretty good. How you doing? Oh, great. Hey, I, I just have one question for you. How does it feel to be a champion? <laughs> I I still don't think it's set in. I don't, I don't really think it's ever going to set in, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm not used to it. It's... It's something that I think everybody's been waiting for for most of us our whole lives. You know, I'm 29 years old, and so the last time they won a Super Bowl, I wouldn't even thought of. My parents were still pretty, pretty young. So, uh, yeah, it's it's weird, but I don't I don't think it's fully kicked in, and I'm not sure if it's gonna. What, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, I have the, I had same thing. I'm I'm in my mid 30s. And it's 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 just wild. It's wild to me. Uh, we'll kind of get into all that stuff. How you know, you know, what it really really means to both of us, and we'll get into that later on. But um, uh, Chiefs fans, um, we are part of the Brawl Network, and um, they are a network that's going to bring a podcast to all thirty two all thirty two teams. And this is the Chiefs one, and. What a time to start a Chiefs podcast after winning the Super Bowl, fifty-year hiatus. So uh, yeah, let's let's kind of go ahead and get into this right now. Uh, what do you, Travis? Just talk to me. T- talk to me about how you felt just kind of during the whole. Uh, let's go with the regular season first. You want to talk about like how I started go- felt going into the season, or yeah, yeah, let, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I felt pretty good. I mean, you you think about it last year, um, you know, with with everything that went down at the very end with the offsides on D Ford and um, you know, not getting the ball in overtime and stuff like that. And um I I know that a lot of people have discussed the you know, both teams should get the ball in overtime. I'm not like even as a Chiefs fan, I'm not really on that that train i think that you had a chance to win the game in 60 minutes and you know if if you couldn't stop the patriots from scoring well defense is part of you know the team it's not just your offense like that's part of building a team is you have to have a defense that can make a stop and we didn't have that last year and so i i was pretty confident going in i really i really liked the uh spagnolo hire for defensive coordinator uh i did a lot of looking back at his old stuff, reading up on him. And I really liked the uh, aggressiveness that he brought to the defense. And I I knew that it was going to be hard last offseason. I, I knew that it was going to be hard leaving, you know, some of the veterans that we've, you know, all grown to really appreciate. And Justin Houston and Eric Berry, guys like that. And for some, D Ford. I, w- I was never huge on D Ford. I liked him. I just never got that, you know, I guess the kind of sticking with that player or, you know, we got to have him. I never had that personal connection kind of thing. So that wasn't as big for me. I really liked their their uh, position coaches that they brought in. I thought they did an excellent job with that. And I think they proved that over this season, which we'll get into. But I felt really good. I felt that, you know, it was going to take time and I knew that this wasn't going to be like your, you know, old Chicago defense or your, your early two thousands, Baltimore defense. Like we just needed a few stops and 
I knew that it was going to take some time with all the new starters, uh, all the new coaching staff, whole new scheme. But I was pretty confident going into the season. I, I, I still had that kind of pessimistic, like, oh, well, you know, we're we're still Chiefs fans, like, you know, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. But, you know, I, I felt pretty good that we could we could get back there and and kind of change change the ending. So. I was pretty confident about the entire season as a whole, but I'd like to hear your side of it, hear it from another person. Yeah, yeah. Going into it, I, you know, we were what one offside. Everyone says we we're one offsides away from going on to the Super Bowl, and a lot of people thought we would win the Super Bowl if we got into that game. And I felt like you made a good point, real good point about not only Spagnola, but I, I absolutely loved the. Uh, defensive position coaches we hired uh, with uh, Matt House. Uh, he's coaching he coached the linebackers, right? Yep. Um, and he was a defensive coordinator at Kentucky. That, that To me, that was a home run hire right there. And then, um, what's it? Sam, Mad- Sam Madison coaches the, uh, second, or the second there, right? Yes. And, and so, um, <laughs> what, what he had to work with, with the corners, I mean, yeah, we... We didn't have um, we didn't have like your stud number one corner. Uh, they did an awesome, awesome job there. But yeah, so like going into going into the season as a whole, I felt real confident. And then you get into the season, and man, people don't. A lot of people didn't talk about this during the season, but the Chiefs had a lot, a lot of adversity when we we're in about the middle part of the season. You got. Pat Mahomes' knee turning sideways. You had Tyreek getting injured, what, the second game? First game, First right? game. Yeah, first, first game. game. And then... Um, Fisher. Yeah, Fisher. Yeah, Fisher one was bit. I mean, a lot of people don't realize. And we didn't lose when he played a game. So that just yeah. tells, you, tells you a lot what he means to the offensive line. Well, I think and, a lot of people got a bigger appreciation for Fisher because before, you know, a lot of people still kind of... Uh, kind of complained about Fisher and and you know how they always brought up how he was the first overall pick and they completely leave out the fact that that draft class was awful. Like go back and look at that draft mm-hmm. class and tell me that you know like going back and looking at it and and you know it, at least it was at a position that you know you're building a new team that's coming off of a two and fourteen season and they knew that they needed to get offensive line help and you know i'm i'm completely fine with with the pick obviously and i think a lot of people have come to appreciate fisher a lot more now um i know i saw a lot of people kind of um bashing on him after the super bowl but i mean anyone that complains about eric fish in the super bowl a let's let's look at who he was facing in nick bosa and let's remember that this guy is already one of the top elite edge rushers in the league. And if you need any proof of that, they did this to just about everybody. Go back and watch any game from their season. But uh, he's also just a, a very bad matchup for Fisher. Fisher's, uh, his weakness is the speed to power. And that's Bosa's game. I mean, it it just... It is what it is. And so, you know, you have that elite defensive line. And, you know, not only is Bosa not the only really good, talented pass rusher, but the Chiefs generally leave their tackles on an island. And Fisher's gotten better every year. He did really well uh, when he came back. It took him a little while to kind of get back. He wasn't 100%, but once playoff time came around, he looked really good. So I think a lot of people just need to kind of Remember, you know, what you had when Fisher was gone and just kind of tone it down a little bit. Just just appreciate what you got, you know. And mm-hmm. so I, I like Fisher. But, yeah, you had a lot a lot of injuries. You had Frank Clark coming in. Um, you know, we, we didn't know about it till later down the road. But, you know, he had the pinched nerve to where he wasn't he wasn't able to feel parts of his fingers and some of his arm. Yep, uh, yeah. Stuff like that. So. Um, I, I still think, I still think he was dealing with an elbow injury as well. He's still wearing that brace, and he, you can see him kind of tugging on it. But 
um, that might be part of the nerve issue. But yeah, I mean, and he he was still playing hurt going yeah. into the Super Bowl. So I mean, you had injuries all over the place, and I think that especially on the defensive side of the ball, you look at what these guys have done with all of these guys. You know, like you had you had your your sixth round pick Rashad Fenton starting for multiple games and he actually looked pretty decent, you know, and you know, you got Traverius Ward taking massive leaps and you know, you look at how Thornhill did his rookie year. Um, you know, it, it, it's phenomenal. And Brendan Daly on the defensive line was get you know, passing it wasn't able to start with with uh with old good old Bob Sutton, but then you put him in with Spagnuolo, and he's no, not great or anything, but, I mean, he's still got a lot to develop. But, I mean, he was a quality starter. And, you know, the rotation of guys, you had guys leaving left and right for IR on defensive line. Agba, yep. uh, you, you had, um, oh, what's his name, Alex Okafor. Mm-hmm. He left with, a, like, the same injury just weeks later, and he was playing hurt pretty much all year. He did not look the same even at the beginning of the year that from what the tape I had seen from him at the Saints. So, yeah, it's just what they did with what they had. And I, I, I really I really think that people need to look at that. You you turn this defense around, and that's what got you there. You know, yep. often, offense carried you last year, but you need something. So if anyone's got a gripe with the defense, I, I really don't don't see what it is. I, I, I see that there's holes, but I mean you look at a complete overhaul and you know, transformation from, you know, this time last year to this time this year, pretty impressive. Yeah. Yep. And I kinda wanna go back on Frank Clark. I mm-hmm. told I told everyone that would listen on Twitter that when everybody was on this case, in middle of October, I said, I "said Look, go watch film of him with Seattle last year." I, I, I said before all that injury stuff came out, I said he's hurt, like he is hurt. Yeah, I'm telling you, tell. he is hurt. Yep. And uh, you know, you know how Chief Twitter can get. He's like, oh, wow, yeah. wow, you don't know what you're talking. Blah blah blah. But then it came out. He's like, "Hey, doctors told me not to play." And yeah. that's you got to respect a guy like that, to fight through for his team. Like I, I legitly don't think we are Super Bowl champs without Frank Clark if he doesn't play. I mean, if you think about it, like what was in the Texans game? He had the sack on the final play of the yep. Texans offense. The Titans game, same thing. And then in the 49ers game, I think it was the second to last drive. He got that yep. sack that yep. really kind of sealed the deal. So come tell me that Frank Clark wasn't worth that. Oh, but definitely. I mean, yeah, even general manager Brett Beach was saying how uh, Frank Clark could have missed the first month uh, due to that injury. And, you know, that just shows his, you know, competitiveness. Like he wanted to be out there. And, you know, I think that those couple games they took off was was good thing for him but but yeah i mean i don't have a problem i think anyone's gonna have a problem at some point with anyone that makes big money it's gonna happen and you know a lot of fans are uh you know we'll talk about this on a later episode but a lot of fans are wanting to pay chris jones and i could go either way but you know and i love chris jones just as much as everybody else but at the same time if they sign chris jones there's gonna be a time when people are saying Brett Veach shouldn't have paid Chris Jones that much money, that he really screwed the pooch, and you know, it, it, there's a lot of going back on your word with when it comes to Twitter, and you know, they can't really choose what they what they really want and just accept things. You know, not everything's going to go perfectly, and not every pick is going to be a starter. You know, it's 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 what you're here for. But I mean, I liked Frank Clark coming. In. I did a film review on him whenever we. We traded for him. I liked him. I thought he was a huge improvement. And, you know, I see all the comparisons with D Ford and they're completely different players. And I'm sorry, but D Ford's only playing on third downs primarily. Like go go look at his snap count from from twenty nineteen. He's not even like he's he's a strict pass rusher. Guess what? Frank Clark can rush the passer, but he can also stop the running. He's really damn good at it. 
Like, I would way rather someone that could be on the field for all three downs than be a complete liability in the run game. Like, I don't care how good you are at pass at rushing the passer. If you can't even, you know, be somewhat decent against the run, I mean, I can only put you out there so often. Right. Yeah. I completely agree. I love a lot. It was kind of a lot of people didn't like it when, you know, we traded the. D for the second round pick, then we gave up a haul to get Frank, but it was well well worth the money. Well worth the money. Yeah, I mean yeah. you weren't you weren't gonna get anything else from D Ford. Like that's that's the best they could get. And they weren't gonna keep him. And I mean, the dude missed more time this year. I think he only played yep. in eleven games. So yep. you know, I'm not willing to pay a guy that's, you know, injured that much. Like he's had one good season that he was able to stay healthy. I mean it I'm not worth. I'm not willing to pay that. And if that's all you can get, that's all you can get. You can only get what someone gives you. So, you know, it's better than, you know, just giving up the, um, you know, letting him walk and getting nothing. You know, because then you would have got maybe a third round compensatory pick. So yep. you got what you could. Yeah, you trade. You traded a lot of, a lot of capital and, uh, you know, put down a lot of money on Frank Clark. But I mean. I don't know. It it all depends on how you look at it. I mean, I could see the argument that you should have paid Chris Jones, but at the same time, I see, um, you know, like with with Jones, like there there are some hiccups in his game too. Let's not act like he's not. Let's not act like he's the perfect player either. I think he's better than Clark, but at the same time. Okay, so you're between meals and you're craving something sweet, right? What I do is snack on Blue Diamond Honey Roasted Almonds. They're so good. And almonds are a superfood. So don't deny your cravings. Eat them. Blue Diamond Almonds. Crave victoriously. I'm, I mean, they, they needed some edge guys. And I think that it's going to be really interesting to see what they do this offseason. But yeah, I mean, with Clark... Coming in, I I was real high on him. I really, I could tell he was playing hurt. You could tell something was wrong. I think everybody knew something was up. He was getting all the attention. And I know a lot of people get real, real, uh, got a lot of gripe whenever you bring that up. But I mean, go back and look at it. Those first few weeks, especially. I mean, Alex Okafor was getting taken out of the play by a tight end. Like almost every run play. They were completely avoiding Frank Clark, and whenever Frank Clark uh, called the Titans out on it, they tried to run at him a couple times in the playoffs after he called them out for it, and he shut it down. So I love this signing. I love I love having him here, and I thought that he really fired up the defense along with Matthew. So I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, and I was. I, that's enough. My my next point was the big. I think. The biggest difference between not not including the coaching staff, but just the players on the field from last year to this year was just they had dogs on the field. Like they uh-huh. have that have that attitude. And you have yep. you have in I don't care what sport you play professionally, you have to have that, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh-huh. And and they had that and I think the player are the rest of the rest of the team fed off that energy and it it helped help them get through a few games. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. It was it was a nice change, you know, with Sutton it was always just kind of laid back and and you know, just take the punch in the mouth and I I couldn't stand it. Like I get the, you know, bend but don't break stuff. I get some of that. I hate I hate it, but I mean I get it. And I mean the guy just didn't use his players and put them into position to succeed. I mean, he just wanted to run his scheme the way that he wanted to do it, no matter the personnel and it didn't work. And I think that they did. I think Spagnolo did an excellent job at adjusting his, his scheme to kind of fit his players. You saw, you know, Tarverius Ward playing a lot more man coverage than, you know, like it wasn't all zone the like we originally thought it was going to be. And, you know, that was one of my concerns before the season was Tarverius Ford and playing in more of a zone kind of scheme. But, you know, I, I, I'm really, I really enjoyed it. I love the, the smack talk and, 
and the chirping after the whistle and stuff like that. I, I really think that Matthew and Clark did a really good job of kind of getting that that vibe going and getting those guys amped up. And so I think, you know, you saw a lot more personality out of Chris Jones with some of that, you know, with mm-hmm. the whole him and Brady, him and Rivers. And uh, it, it was really nice to see. And I think there's a few guys in the draft that could really complement some of that and add to it. So I'm I'm real excited. I, th- I think they're going to keep adding some of those guys and it should be fun. I, I like a good talking defense. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, let's, let's uh, move on to the playoffs. Okay. So we get through the season. I think we win, was it five five or six in a row at the end of the regular season? Yeah, we won every game. Six in a row. Uh, sure. Yeah, it started with the Chargers right before the bye, yep. and then we won out. Yep, so we won six in a row to end the season. That week 17, miraculous, where the Dolphins won magic. in New England. Man, that <laughs> was it's magic, absolutely baby. crazy. Yep. And so... And so we get to the get to the divisional round against the Texans, and somebody forgot to tell the Chiefs the playoffs started the first quarter, fifteen minutes left instead of the second quarter, ten minutes left. But hey, I'll tell you what, I was at that game. It was very, uh, it was not good <laughs> <laughs> that first quarter against the Texans. I remember, I remember standing there just like pissed and. <laughs> And uh, I went with my brother-in-law and, uh, you know, a couple of his buddies. And I remember we got back to, to his house and um, my wife met us over there. And uh, so my, my my sister looked at me and she was like, yeah, Chase texted me at the end of the first quarter that you looked like you were about to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> and then at halftime, I got a completely different text. I was like, yeah, it was really rough. I, I mean... I, I wasn't sitting there like, you know, this is it. We're done. You know, it, it's another Chiefs curse that can't be broken. But at the same time, I mean, I was close. You know, I, I believe in Mahomes. I think he can do it. But I didn't think that Mahomes was the issue. You had the drop passes and mm-hmm. the fumbles on special teams. I mean, it was it was a nightmare. And it looked like it was so much that even Mahomes couldn't come back out of that and then we go into halftime and i'm sitting there just happy as can be (laughs) we got all these quiet texans fans that were real chirpy in the first quarter all of a sudden they're starting to kind of disappear and starting to get quiet and i mean the rest is history man i I wonder what what kind of odds uh somebody in vegas could have got if you bet when it was twenty four enough, and you bet the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I I remember hearing something about it. I think I think it was either it was either on Jeff Schwartz podcast with the Athletic, or it might have been uh, CBS, the Pick Six podcast, uh, which is always pretty hilarious to listen to. Um, both of those talk about betting odds, and I think I think one or both of them mentioned that the Chiefs were still favored even at the 24 nothing mark i think that it, or at least it was really close <laughs> wow, wow uh, that they, they weren't even counting them out of it yet so i mean wow, that just that's... that just goes to show yeah well when it was 24 nothing, there was just so much time left i'm like okay yeah just stop it get a score here and then mccall Harmon had that kind of almost that spark he gave mm-hmm. us on that kick return mm-hmm. and so we get down and it's like okay you get a score here I knew we get. I knew we got the ball back in the second half, so he can get within two scores. I even thought, you know, hey, you know, we got a shot at this thing. I Absolutely. didn't know we'd be winning at halftime, but hey, oh, yeah, that, that was that was. Insane. I mean, and that was all in like what eleven minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you had a defense that could make some stops. You know, like yeah. the, that twenty-four points didn't happen because of the defense. Yeah, the first touchdown did on a you know blown coverage. You know, they did a really good job of. Um, you know, basically calling one play and then calling a very similar play, like in the same drive, uh, to kind of get Matthew to bite on that screen and that left a receiver wide open. But, uh, you know, outside of that, I mean, it was just, they were either a fumble on the punt return that actually scored. And then you had another fumble 
uh, that, you know, gave them real good field position inside the red zone. So, mm-hmm. you know, most of those points were on the defense, but when the defense needed to, they stepped up and yeah. they got stops. They allowed the Chiefs to get back into it. And I think that's, you know, something people got to realize, like, look, this is not the defense that you had in 2018. You know, you can show me any kind of statistic that you want that they gave up this many yards and, you know, that all the stats you guys were giving me, it, you know, the halfway mark, stuff like that, like historically bad and kept trying to tell you guys, like, it doesn't need to be good in week two or three. They just need right. to be able to make a few stops come January. And they did right. yep. in every yep. single game. And then so we... We cruise on to a 51-31 win there. Then we go to the AFC Championship game against the Titans. Mm-hmm. Kind of have a little, not as bad, but a little bit of a rough start. We're down 10 nothing and 17-7. But I was I was at that game, and no one, everyone was, I mean, heck, we were down 24 nothing the week before we got this. Mm-hmm. And, and once Mahomes had that run, that touchdown oh. run to end the half, it was over. I mean, oh, you can just feel it. It was over. I still, I still kind of like whenever I'm, I'm uh, kind of just like looking through my phone. Like I still have that saved on my phone. Just like I'll just watch it again. Like I'll be just kind of like <laughs> looking for something on my phone. I'll come across that. I'm just like, oh man, it's just beautiful. I, I mean, I did. it is unreal. And I didn't realize how I didn't realize till I got home and rewatched the game how close he was to actually fumbling oh. at the one yard. <laughs> man. <laughs> I mean, and that was, like, that entire game, that play was what everybody was talking about. I mean, you, you listen to any podcast, you watch any any uh, sports network, whatever you do to get your coverage, even just NFL coverage, they were talking about that play in specific. I mean, it was phenomenal, and it, it, it really just just shows what you got in Patrick Mahomes. And it, I really hope that everybody's not just taking it for granted and just enjoying every bit of it because it's about to get really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so we, uh, the Chiefs end up winning, uh, thir- was it 35-24? Yeah. I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, they end up win- uh, winning 35-24. I'll tell you what, being there, the scene after – Zero when it went down in the fourth quarter was just awesome. Mm-hmm. There's just people hugging each other, crying in each other's arms. Um, it reminded me of just a big, huge party at Arrowhead. And uh, it was a great, great time. And, you know, that I will say that was just as special as winning the Super Bowl. Like, it really was. Being, being at home, finally breaking through and win the AFC championship game and um, going on to the Super Bowl. It was just special Bringing just for the whole city. Home. Yes. Yep. And uh, you can tell it meant just as much to the fans as it did to those players. Oh, I yeah. Absolutely. It, yep. They felt a big monkey off their backs, and um, it was just awesome. And so uh, we uh, go on to the Super Bowl. How, how was you feeling headed into the Super Bowl? How do you feel uh, about the matchup? I mean, I, I I felt very confident in the Chiefs and at the same time respected what the 49ers could do and what they had done. Um, I had I had some a little bit nervous about their their offense. Everyone wanted to talk about the defense and stuff, but um, what Shanahan's done with that offense with all of the uh, you know motion and and disguising of plays, you know, it wasn't like everyone talked about the the outside zone run that you know trying to compare it between Tennessee and and the 49ers. And the thing about Tennessee is they don't care that you know where they're going; they're just going to pound it through you. Whereas the 49ers, they disguise everything. You got guys going every which way before the snap, and you know, you think it's going to go this way, and then they, you know, throw it the other way. I mean, it, it's a very complex uh, system. But at the same time, I just, you know, I know a lot of people have talked up Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm just not really sold. I know that he, he's had some really good games, and, you know, he's stepped up in some games that he needed to. And, you know, he did. He won a shootout against the 
the Saints just earlier that season. And I'm just not scared of them. And I know that we can go back and look at all of the, um, you know, defense wins championships and the proof on that. But, I mean, I felt pretty good going into it. And if there was any game that, you know, I started to get nervous during, it would probably be that one, the 49ers. But, I mean, that was a lot better team than the two that we faced before that. But, yeah. Um, my thing was, uh, if D four got a ring before we did, I was going to be pissed. <laughs> right. I was going to be pissed. <laughs> so thank the Lord that that did not happen. <laughs> right. Yep. You know, it was, it was kind of like the year before, like, man, if Marcus Peters goes and gets a ring before we do the year after we get rid of him, I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do with myself. But then like, for D four to get it like against us, that'd be even worse. Oh goodness, yes, yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I was I was pretty confident, um, but yeah, I still I, had my reservations. Yeah i I always felt like if if the Chiefs, I felt like they can score enough points, and they just needed to make Jimmy Garoppolo beat them because mm-hmm. I'm the same way. I don't. He's very. He, he's. I don't think he can go win you a game. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, in a big game like that, I'm. He's probably. He's done it. Like, like he said in the regular season, but in the biggest stage in the law, I don't think he can win them the game. He's just not that talent, talented enough of a quarterback to do that. He's well, and not, I think you kind of saw that with with some of the coaching decisions too. I don't think that you know you can. Shanahan can say all he wants in pressers and stuff afterwards about, you know, not wanting to play in Mahomes' hands, but that just shows me that A, you don't trust your defense, and B, you don't trust your quarterback. I mean, yeah. that not calling a timeout before halftime was probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I mean, hey, not even much, giving it a chance. How much grief would the national media give Andy Reid for doing that? <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, <laughs> they still be talking about it. <laughs> and and let's be honest, I think that Andy Reid had some moments in that game too where he got a little conservative. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it just I don't see Garoppolo as being that guy that's going to lift his team. I think that you know a large part of what's going, you know, his success has been Shanahan's offense. And, you know, like, look at, look at what, uh, look at what they did the season before, you know, I mean, with no one, I'm going to look that up really quick, actually. So let, why don't you tell me what your thoughts were and I'll look up that stat real quick. Yeah. I think uh, the Chiefs moved on from, Jimmy Garoppolo and went to uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, they had Jimmy Garoppolo basically and Alex Smith, and you know we couldn't win. We couldn't win the big. He can get us there. He can get us to the playoffs and all that. And he didn't. Alex Smith never had a, a, a great defense as the. Four- Keep your whole home running like clockwork from the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. 49ers had this year. So, so uh, he's pretty much, I mean, he's pretty much Alex Smith, and that's fine. I mean, like I said, you can win with that style of quarterback. I just don't think you can win the big one. Right. Yep. Yeah, let's see. They had Nick Mullins starting in 2018 for eight games. Or yeah, that's right. Yeah, eight games. They beat the Raiders, had, I think. <laughs> had, had almost 2,300 yards, 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, not great, but I mean, it's right. 
it's it's decent. I mean that that offense ran without uh without Garoppolo there, you know, being hurt for most of the year. It's I don't know. I, I think that it's more about Shanahan's offense than it is yeah. uh Garoppolo. I think that Definitely. he benefits a lot from that. And I think that I don't think that Garoppolo's a bad quarterback by any means. I just don't think that he's I guess you could say similar to Alex Smith, like he's got similar limitations, but I think that Alex Smith is better pre-snap. Right. right. But yeah, I mean, I I still think the 49ers got a lot to look forward to, you know, going forward. I think that, you know, that, that roster in general uh, is pretty exciting. Now they don't really have much to work with right now, you know, trading all their picks for, players to win now so that kind of backfired but it'll be interesting to see what they do i think they got one pick inside the top oh man like they have a first round pick and i think the next one's like a fifth round pick oh wow oh yeah i think i I have because they they picked up they got sanders i picked someone else up too before in second yeah they're second yep so yeah yeah they picked i think they Used a third and a fourth to get Sanders. So yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be a tough offseason, but I mean I feel like if you're looking at that roster as a whole, I'd have to really deep dive into their um, uh, their contracts and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I know Garoppolo is supposed to get some big money this upcoming year. But I mean as a overall roster, I I feel like you got to be pretty confident about what you saw. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we so. We're in the game, down by 10. There was like, what, seven minutes left? Third, third and 15, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes asked, the, can we run Wasp? What's the answer? Absolutely. <laughs> so he cocks back. <laughs> He's in shotgun, goes back 14 yards, and just slings it uh, to Tyreek Hill, changes the game. Uh, and I think I think the two plays later you get the tire, uh, Travis Kelsey interference in the end zone, mm-hmm. and we end up, end up scoring down by three. Defense gets a they get a three and out right the next possession. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Chris Jones. That was one of Chris Jones' bad passes, and I think I know on that third down that was the big. I think Neiman <laughs> hit Jimmy Garoppolo. It was kind of close to helmet to helmet. Oh yeah, yeah. Or you go for through, yep. And so they punt the ball. Did anybody in America not think the Chiefs were not going to score? Score in that I, drive. I, down? I think the second that Tyreek Hill caught that pass, everyone was like, "Yep, this yeah. is done." <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you've seen it time and time again with the the uh, that first touchdown uh, for Kansas City or. No, it was the that uh, fake punt that Sorensen read and stopped. Like that was the moment everyone was like, "Oh, okay, it's the Texans, Casey's yeah. coming back." And then Titans yep. that run before halftime. Like all you need is that one big play, get that kind of momentum going, and once that momentum starts, it's not stopping. And so I think I think for every game in the playoffs, there was one of those, or you know, even a couple. Um, you know, so. Yep. I, I thought once the Chiefs scored the first time against the Texans, like, okay, here we go. Yep. And so, yeah, I mean, it. I, I would say the Tyreek Hill catch was probably the, okay, this this is probably over. Right. Uh, my, my only concern was got to get a stop. I mean, I felt like if we got the stop, then, yeah, we had it. Well, with how the defense was playing, man. Yeah. For sure, I, I I wrote it down somewhere because I used it in one of my articles after the Super Bowl, and I mean the the stat line for the uh, 49ers offense that last you know like four possessions was just next to nothing. I mean they completely shut them down, mm-hmm. and you had the Frank you had the Frank Clark sack on uh, the second to last drive to end that in that one and kind of secure the the lead for the Chiefs. So, yeah, I mean, it just I, – I was a lot more confident in in our defense this year. And I think most of 
Chiefs fans felt the same way, or at least I hope you did, and I hope you do now. <laughs> I oh, yeah. mean, yep. it was pretty impressive what they what they did in a one year overhaul with all those injuries. Okay, so we we get the ball down three, then Sammy Watkins roast Richard Sermon with a he beautiful did a few route. Times. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and so he gets him, gets all the way down. I believe it was like the 15, 20 yard line. And then a few plays later, Damian, uh, on the third down, I believe, find Damian Williams. Uh, I think I think he got in, but I think it was pretty much his foot stepped out right when he put the tip of the ball across the uh, goal line. Uh, do you think they got the call right? I mean, it looked like it. Yeah. Uh, I could see the argument either way, but considering that they they ruled it a touchdown, there's not enough to overturn it. Um, and that's why that I think that they should, you know, keep calling those a touchdown, you know, like I could see the argument for, uh, back when we played the Patriots and, you know, they, they called it that he stepped out of bounds and, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people believe that he crossed the plane. It's another play I could see go either way. Um, but I like calling it a touchdown. And then if it, you know, if you can find it, if it definitive answer you know like don't bite yourself in the butt you know like for sure like like, unless you know what you saw call it what it is and so yeah i mean let's get one thing straight damian williams was not the mvp of the super bowl and i'm so sick of that argument because before that run he was doing okay he wasn't doing fantastic he was doing he was doing all right you know, like I know that Mahomes had some struggles throughout the Super Bowl, and that that comes with playing a Super Bowl caliber team, especially one with a very good defense. But I mean, I I, I cannot even begin to go down that that mindset of Damian Williams being the MVP over Patrick Mahomes. I think that's just ridiculous, and yeah, one play is not going to change that. And they're. The Chiefs aren't winning the Super Bowl without Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, but they could win it without yeah, Damian. Yeah, Williams. without that fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, you maybe can, Williams' stats might look maybe a little bit better, but it's not. They're inflated from that play. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He, exactly. he had a huge. He had a huge chunk of his yards coming like one or two plays. Right. Exactly. Yep. And so we end up, you know, we get the touchdown, and then you know, D Ford gets the closing sack. And Damian Williams goes on that long run. And history's in the making. Chiefs win their first Super Bowl in 50 years. How were you feeling afterwards? I cried. Yeah. I'll admit it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yep. I, I mean, I, I, I think that you get so used to being just kind of let down for so long. I mean, I was, oh, man, I was 24 when we won our first playoff game that I was like, I understood what was going on, um, you know, against the Texans back in 15, I think it was. Yeah. So I was 24 years old and I remember I was pissed cause I, w- I had to work that day. I had to work an overtime shift and I couldn't call in. I was still technically a temp at my work. And so I didn't get call in days. And so, you know, I, I work, an assembly plant and so i'm like jumping in and out of the cars like trying to like watch the tv from the team center down there and uh listening to it and i had to go home and watch it and so my first playoff win that was something that i would understand what's going on i wasn't even getting to fully enjoy it right and so the first one for me really was the colts uh last year um you know it just I don't know. I I guess it, it, it's it's weird. You're yeah. you're so used to it, and now everything's completely changing. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let jumps right in. Um, this is kind of our very first uh, podcast here. We kind of want you to get you. We're running the Chiefs podcast, so I kind of want to ask you, um, how and why are you a Chiefs fan? Oh man, I I grew up watching the Chiefs. You know, my my dad's side used to get together uh, a lot of weekends, um, 
and watch the games and stuff like that. And uh, it was it, it's kind of surprising to me that I was raised a Chiefs fan in some ways. Uh, so my a lot of my dad's family is from Louisiana, and then they lived in Texas for a lot of my dad's life. And so a lot of them are, they came up here as Cowboys fans. Mm-hmm. And um, I still remember seeing a picture of me as a little kid wearing a Cowboys jersey. I always tell my mom, like, I'm going to burn that if I ever find it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was real, real little. But uh, no, I, I mean, my my dad's side completely embraced the Chiefs when they moved up here and um, so, you know, I remember growing up watching them and do a lot of family get togethers and stuff like that. And, um, you know, my, like my, my parents are split up. So like whenever I was with my mom, they, you know, we always watch the games at her house and, uh, yeah, I mean, just being the hometown team, I guess, uh, it, yeah. I don't, I don't have like a crazy story or anything like that. Um, but you know, I started, started writing about the Chiefs about three it was a it was the year we drafted Mahomes. So it was two thousand seventeen. That was a good and year. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. And and please do not go back and look at anything I wrote back then because it, it was nothing nothing that I am very proud of it. Was you against I, was you against Mahomes? No, no, no. Okay. He was he was my first first quarterback that okay I yep. in. that's how i was yeah and it was just just my writing is you know evolved and oh yeah yeah amazing sure, yeah. like it's just amazing the difference in those three years but no my homes i was working third shift at during that draft and um i always woke up at at 9 30 and um i woke up early for that draft and i called in late you know because i thought we were gonna be picking later in the draft and they traded up, and I, I thought for sure that it was probably going to be Deshaun Watson. And, uh, you know, he was my number two. And, man, when they said Patrick Mahomes, I, I would bet money my wife's got a video of me jumping up and down screaming. Nope. I yes. mean, I was amped. So, no, I was definitely for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people were. I know, I know there were some that were more Deshaun Watson side of things and stuff like that. But, I mean... Yeah, I think the last three years of of writing about them, I didn't get to as much as I'd like to this last season, unfortunately, with doing the scouting academy and stuff like that. But, I mean, just covering them the last three years, I think it kind of adds a little emotion to it. You know, you, you feel like you did some of that work. Right, <laughs> like, all, exactly. all your work's paying off, you know? Yep. And, you know, like... Think about think about it this way, you know. Last year, when they when they lost to the Patriots, while while all you guys were just pissed off and finishing your beers and drinking some more beers or uh, you know trying to forget about it, I had to sit and write about it. All right, <laughs> I had to keep talking about it. So it's 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 definitely is definitely a very very good moment uh not having to write about the losing side of it and (laughs) all that stuff all that extra detail that you've pounded into your head for articles or film reviews and you know watching the tape like you just you feel like you you know a lot of these players even if you haven't met some of them and you know i i talked to a guy like um who's from Chicago, who actually knows uh, Colin Saunders. And I, I guess they, they went to uh, college together. I guess he, he, he also went to uh, Western Illinois. And so they, they, they knew him and asked if I knew him and stuff. And I was like, yeah, we were amped about getting him. Like, you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Lyman that could do backflips? What's, what's not to like? <laughs> now, I didn't know about him pre-draft, but... Boy, when I turned on the tape, I definitely saw some stuff I liked. So, right, yeah, yep. It's it, it's unreal. Yes, yes. But yeah, I don't have any like real crazy story how I became a Chiefs fan. I just I just grew up here. I right, yeah. 
the area. Yeah, me. Uh, I like to say I was born as a Chiefs fan, but let's be honest, nobody's born to be a certain certain fan. When you're six months old, you're not saying "Go Chiefs" or <laughs> whatever. But yeah, I, I think I'm trying. <laughs> but um, my dad always loved the Chiefs growing up. He he remembers, you know, watching Lynn Dawson play and. He remembers Super Bowl four. He said that was like his very first game he remembers watching was Super Bowl four, and that's kind of how he got got to be a Chiefs fan. So that was about around ni- early nineties, ninety one ish. I kind of start remember I was pro- I was like eight or nine, ten years old around then, and so I remember watching Christian Okoye, Barry Ward, and all them guys. And, <laughs> yep, and uh, so just kind of grow up and. I was more like, I'll watch every game. I was more of a casual fan, you know. When you're yeah. nine, you're not a diehard most of the time. But right. And then about um, those, th- you just learned to love them, those Marty teams. They were just, yeah. <laughs> there's something that just magnified you to them. And they were just so fun to watch. And just, that was the only thing anyone would ever talk about. And I just remember being so, like, devastated in the 95 and 97 losses. Uh, I think it was 95, that was the Lynn Elliott game, and then 97 when we lost to the Broncos. And I was just so, so devastated. And I, re- I remember I was so mad. I remember, I think it was after the 97 loss, uh, everyone at my school knew I was like a huge Chiefs fan. So they were like giving me a ribbing about it when I was at school. And I shoved some dude in the locker and said, don't ever mention it again. <laughs> he never did. And, uh, but my fandom really, really took off when I went to my first Chiefs game. I think that was during that 97 year. It was against the 49ers, and we whipped them. It was like 44 to 9. And there's, a, there's kind of a backstory to that. They, uh, my dad, my dad, he got tickets um, through, uh, he was actually a reserve, Air Force, um, National Air Guard Reserve. Here, I, we, I live in Wichita, so we're about three hours away. And he got some special, he got some tickets through them. It was like, it's supposed to be some bus ride or something. And supposedly, he got the time wrong. And he thought we were meeting them at a certain time and the, ended up oh, an hour earlier. And so they called us. They're like, hey, you're supposed to he- be here, blah, blah, blah. And he said, we'll leave your tickets here. So we had to drive all the way there, get the tickets. We barely made it to, uh, to the stadium. Right, right when it kicked off, and I, just when I got there, it was it's a feeling I can't describe. It's just goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just like wow, this is this is insane. So my the day after that, ever since that day, I've just been diehard, diehard, diehard. Like the Chiefs are the only thing I know. You know, um, I obviously like root for other teams, other sports, but Chiefs are my number one, and just kind of going through the years, you just kind of like <laughs> they're in the 2000s. Other than the Dick, that Dick Vermeil run, it was mm-hmm. just kind of like a you know, even the Herm Edwards years, even when we went to the playoffs, you're just like, uh, I don't know, you know, yeah. I think, I think for I think the kind of moment that I really started getting into it was probably the Priest Holmes era. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love me some priest homes, baby. Yeah, that was a oh man. And yeah. and I think that you know, back back then I was all about, you know, the running back and stuff, but where I'm at now, you know, I, I still really love Priest Holmes and, and that running game and Tony Gonzalez stuff like that. You got Dante Hall, but maybe this is just like the kind of nerdy side of me being the, you know, like getting more involved into the scouting process and stuff like that, but man, that offensive line, buddy. Was oh crazy. man! <laughs> oh, you got yeah. Will Shields, Willie Rofe, Brian Waters. I mean, just stacked. Yep. And it's just, I mean, oh. I like, I still, I catch myself watching them whenever I like watch those old games and stuff like yeah. that. Just watching those guys, and I'm like. I'm watching the offensive line right now. <laughs> yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> but, right? I, mean, it was, I mean, it was unreal. But yeah, you got the human joystick. Yep. 
Oh, it, Eddie Kingston, yeah, Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They were stacked. And then we, you, the Herm era was, you know, I felt like his Herm was, was heart was in the right spot. I think he really wanted to build through the draft. It just never panned out. I don't think they, a lot of people don't think they get, he really got a fair shake either. And so then we kind of think we hire, that's when we got Pioli, right? Right after that. Pioli and, the Todd Haley era. Uh, that was just... I bet you wish you were writing in, huh? <laughs> no, honestly. <laughs> kind of glad I was. <laughs> I mean, I've got... Oh, man. I... I my, my thing is, is that every general manager's, manager has had their flaws, and, you know, that's... I think everyone can agree to that. And Mm -hmm. I think that everyone kind of, you know, like a player, they kind of pick their guy and stick to him and kind of phase out all of the the negative. Um, You know, it's kind of like when you're, when you're writing about prospects and stuff and a year later, like someone will be like, Oh, and you thought this guy was going to blow up. You were wrong. And all this shows what, you know, well, Point me out a general manager that hasn't missed on a pick. You know, it's oh, yeah. it's so hit or miss, and they got a lot more information than I do. I just oh, watched the film. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Pioli was definitely not great. Uh, Dorsey definitely had his issues, and, yep. you know, yep. I, I, I love Dorsey as an evaluator, as a talent seeker, and just able to find talent anywhere. But damn, man! Like, cap's a real thing. Yeah, contracts, contracts can really bite you in the butt, and uh, you know, and, like, just some of the decision making and doing stuff like without talking to anybody. Like, I, I don't know. I see, I see a little bit of every everything. You know, everyone. I just kind of come to realize that everyone's got their their mistakes and their sure. their yeah. strengths and stuff like that. You know, like. John Dorsey's just trying to build an all Madden team, and in Madden you don't have to worry about your your uh, personalities and locker room and stuff like that. So I mean, it's just I don't know. I'm I'm glad I wasn't writing back then, though. No, I, I'm, <laughs> right. good. I'm good. I picked a good time to the Mahomes era to yep to start that. Yep, and then we uh we hire Andy Reid, and all changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The, some great seasons with Alex Smith. He did what he could with him. And then we, I think a few years into it, people was like, hey, man, we can't win with Alex Smith. You got, we got to get a quarterback. Like, you, you, we know, Andy, you, you're this offensive genius. You can create something out of nothing, but you have to have a quarterback to, that can win you a game. That when it matters most, he can go out there, get a drive going. You know, you need it all. He can win you a game, and then we draft Patrick Mahomes, and then it all really changed. Yeah, I'll, I'll say Alex Smith was a large reason why we lost some of those playoff games, Titans, yep. Steelers. You can point mm-hmm. out the, the running stats all you want. Your offense didn't put up 20 points. No, exactly. Yep. As much as, you know... I'm one of those people that didn't think that Alex Smith was going to be able to win you anything. I I thought that he was a good, not great. And, right. um, but what he did for Mahomes that last year is phenomenal. And yeah, exactly. you can see it. Even if, even if you never watched, uh, Mahomes in college or, you know, you could just see like, like with Mahomes, it's all, it was all about post snap reads. With yeah. Alex Smith, it's all about pre-snap reads and mm-hmm. you know knowing when to tone it down, when to take the check down, and you know I'm glad that not too much of that you know kind of wore off on the Mahomes. But you know this this is an Alex Smith appreciation podcast, all right? Like we appreciate Alex Smith and what he did here. And yes, oh, he yeah. wasn't he wasn't the greatest quarterback of all time, and no one's gonna sit here and argue that he is but 
what he did for this organization, what he did to kind of revamp this organization after a two and fourteen season, to then go thirteen and three the following year. And if you ever, if you're ever feeling feeling bored or just kind of down about your Alex Smith talk, go look at his weapons in that 2013 playoffs. Look what yeah. he did with those weapons. It's exactly. Not, it, there, there's nothing there to get excited about. I'll tell you that right now. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah, I'm there with you. Uh, Alex Smith will get no hate for me. You know, he did what he could when he was here. Um, you know, some people have that extra talent and some people don't. He's not one of the guys that don't, but he does what he can. He's, you know, he's a real smart guy. And he's going to be a coach. He won, yeah, he won a lot of games for us. I mean, he's going to be a coach, I think. I think yeah. he'll be a great coach. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. And so, yep. And then we, we win the Super Bowl. And I tell you, uh, we're at, I hosted the Super Bowl party, had, you know, uh, my best friend there and then um, my dad and my obviously my two kids and my wife. And, you know, we're one that last seven minutes was just crazy. <laughs> and when we when Damian Williams took that last run to kind of to seal the deal, it was just it was just bananas. And right. every you know, we all, you know, teared down. We we hugged each other. It was mm-hmm. just the the share that moment with everybody that like those those are the people I talk a lot about the cheese list and to share that yeah. moment with them was just awesome. And and uh, I got uh, uh, five year old twins. And they they were there right there to you. They're they're with me, and it, it was funny. Uh, my five year old uh, son, he still to this day he'll go on our PlayStation and replay the game on Madden. It's like look, look, oh. I'm playing the Forty ers again. And it's, it's it's crazy. His favorite player is Tyree Kill, and. I'll, I'll put it on rookie for him, and he'll have he'll have like four hundred yards. <laughs> I was say you don't need to put it on a rookie for that. Right? <laughs> He's got to right. turn that. Like I haven't played Madden in years, but they got that thing where it kind of makes make it, it. What is it? The makes bad players be able to keep up with good ones, and oh yeah, you know, yeah. It, like it, like it's supposed to be that way for your your player, like your people playing the game, and kind of making it you know to where you can kind of hang in there but yeah they do it with those players too like you have to adjust that slider now you don't want to do it too much and be unrealistic but you know you want it to be realistic game you gotta adjust those those sliders and kind of you know you you shouldn't have linebackers keeping up with Tyree Kill down the field you shouldn't even have corners keeping up with Tyree Kill down (laughs) the field let's be honest but I mean yeah I, I stopped playing Madden years ago mainly for a lot of those reasons but yeah it just yeah and yeah. then um and then i just i i it means just so much i mean you you feel like you watch watch the games every year on every sunday and you know you almost like it was getting to a point you just got beat down a little bit almost emotionally with this team with this franchise and then the just the finally pull through and get through and win the championship and the way they did it. And uh, it was just awesome. And uh, I think they got some more more championships coming their way. And But the first one's always the most memorable one, I think. And I don't think that day is a day we'll ever forget. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, let's uh, go ahead and uh, wrap up here. Um, I think, Travis, I think this was a lot of fun. I think it went, yeah. went well, went good. Um, we'll we'll have um, our net our next episode. We'll kind of talk more. We, we wanted to kind of discuss more about you know since we really have it. And this is the first one. We kind of wanted to talk about the run here, but uh, we need to start catching up here and talking about some of this off off season stuff. We got some important decisions to make. And yes, we got the do. combine combine coming up, the draft coming up. So we're gonna this week. We'll get yep. We're gonna get that all covered for you. So uh, 
Well, so uh, do you have any lasting thoughts, Travis? No, just going to go over some. Uh, we got combine this week. Got free agency starting in March. Uh, got like 20 guys up for contract, and you got another like six or seven options, team options. Um, I've done a little bit of digging into some of those those contracts and stuff. I've already put out a Breland article and, you know, looking at that situation, and uh, I'll be writing about Pinnell uh, and a couple other players. I don't know if I'll get to Jones just because I feel like everybody's talking about Jones, uh, <laughs> so you can pretty much find that anywhere. But, uh, you know, we will talk about that here. Um, we'll be over between now and you know, late April, the draft comes, I'm going to bring up with you guys some some prospects I've looked at. I just put out my first uh, prospect that would fit the Chiefs. Uh, so go check that out. Cornerback, TCU, Jeff Gladney. He's a stud. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you can find all that on Arrowhead Addict or you can go to Twitter and just – kind of scroll down a little bit. I'll have a portfolio soon to kind of have everything in one place. But, yeah, I've got a lot of prospects I want to bring up and how they fit with the Chiefs. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun offseason. This this is some of my favorite time. Like, outside of football, I love looking at the draft and free agency, that team building. I was that guy in Madden. Like, I'm going to play a few games, and then I'm going to get to the offseason and start team building. So <laughs> this is right. some of my favorite time. Uh, that's right. Okay, so yeah, uh, Chiefs Kingdom, make sure uh, you uh, follow our Facebook page. And then, of course, uh, follow our uh, Twitter page, at Chiefs Brawl. And uh, other than that, um, we'll uh, talk to you next time. All your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity X1 gives you the most complete entertainment experience with everything from live TV to your DVR to on-demand favorites and your streaming apps. Just use your voice remote to easily find what you want to watch. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. Okay, so you're between meals and you're craving something sweet, right? What I do is snack on Blue Diamond Honey Roasted Almonds. They're so good. And almonds are a superfood. So don't deny your cravings. Eat them. Blue Diamond Almonds. Crave victoriously. 